Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Care Cafe podcast. I am so excited to have you all on for yet another episode on this very special day um, because it's just been a wild ride so far, and I'm so glad to be back. Today is October 10th, so happy Indigenous Peoples Day and also happy World Mental Health Day. Um, today, I just really wanted to take a step back from our series and um, continue on with the conversation we were having last session um, in lieu of just mental health and just having real conversations about this in general. And then we will return back to our series with a bunch of special guest speakers. But um with this idea of World Mental Health Day, I really just want to take this time to just be real with our community and just really share different things about myself and people I've known and just really spread the message of love out there. So um, today we'll just really be talking about, you know, not only why, um, you know, mental health means a lot to me, but also some more personal experiences of mental health, as well as just things that you could do if you are ever in different scenarios or situations and things that I've learned um, the more that I've like matured um, over these past years, dealing with the things that I've been going through. Um, and just realizing that, you know, there are some things that, you know, we can take away from in our lives. And in doing so by sharing my full story, I really hope that not only does this help relieve the stigma of mental health and normalize it, but also empower some of you all to go out there this week. Um, and really share your experience with mental health with people you know and be super vulnerable and just spread all that love around so that we're able to just make this positive change through our advocacies with each other. And I know that um, some of you on here may know some details of my story and then I have talked about it a lot um, too but it was only like bits and details and I just wanted to give the whole story to just show that you know these things happen and we think that we are alone and definitely I've been there I felt so alone and I felt so excluded in my experiences but this little podcast today is really meant to show that you are never alone in your struggles and that whatever you are feeling is valid, um, whether that has to do with mental health or just any other just feelings that we may have that aren't, you know, the best at times. But it's just accepting that and accepting the people that we are and realizing that, you know, the people and the person that we are is unique and there's not one certain way to define something um whether that has to do with things in society or like mental illness and for all of us our experiences are unique and individual to us and so be proud of your own experiences and your identity 
and um, I hope that after this podcast, you all feel empowered to share, um, you know, whatever you have to say. So, um, I guess we could just start off with um, some things that I've realized as of now, after I've matured, um, and just things that I've learned on my um, over a year-long journey of, like, trying to understand what mental health means and my mental health and um what community mental health means and just what we need um in general but specifically on my experience I've come to the consensus um that um when people say that they deal with comorbidity um for me it's a bit like multi-morbidity and um it's been a journey because a lot of the things that i've been facing has come from like generational trauma and i was just so unaware of what was going on the mental toll that it was taking on my mind and on me as a person until i really like started being introspective of myself and connecting with other people who felt the same way and I think that just being on like more platforms and having like communities especially online just to talk to was a big influence in this but um I guess I never really knew I had an eating disorder until I got um, until I found out what an eating disorder was um, when around the time that the pandemic started and it's been really tough because I feel like the pandemic also in like f- enforced that idea onto me as well it was just like you're at home so you get to like do all these like goals and like have your fitness goals and like you know just become a better you and then that to me was just really unhealthy because it was just like I have all the time in the world and like this is what I focus on so I think for me it started around when I was like at the age of 10 and um it was just like the usual patterns of like um you know the common like symptoms and signs that you would see that usually disappears because of you know things happen as you get older um so it was like constantly doing stomach checks in the mirror um skipping meals being really conscious of what i ate um and also feeling like a mental sense that I cannot like eat certain things and I have to like marginalize myself in like a certain you know limitation of when it comes to food and I feel like as the years passed by when um I started building like this really unhealthy relationship with food whether that was because um work stood in the way or it's just um just these thoughts I had in my mind of my own self-perception of myself it grew and it has not left but I have you know made significant progress since um so it was just like the common pattern of those certain things happening 
um and I think that that was like my first encounter with like my mental health even though I might have not realized it it was a big thing because I was not eating um and that was like the year when like I gained a lot of weight and it was just really confusing to me because like I was eating much less and it was just like a whole scenario of just like navigating my life and you know growing up is just like a really difficult thing to do um so I would say that was like when it started and how it persisted and just like getting you know comments about myself or like seeing people um whether that's like outside or online and just having these like I would say models these unrealistic images in my mind of what I wanted to look like and what I thought um or what I was told would like make me be more successful in society and in school and when it came to like you know everything else down the future and so that was like very toxic and it was a toxic mentality to have that but that was my reality for um I would say like a good five years of my life um until I you know really had other things going on um and so yeah I think that was like my first major encounter with my mental was just like developing this really really unhealthy relationship with food this eating disorder and having it persist for years on end not knowing what it was but having it be severe because um you know I still have like fainting episodes um and it's just something that I overlook but it does happen um and it doesn't feel good um so I think that especially my eating disorder was perpetuated by the pandemic um as I said before of how like I had all this free time and I remember like I would make my own meals for myself and so I had like the liberation of when I got to eat and what I got to eat. And I remember I would make these charts full of like calorie counters of like, this is my like limit of calories for today. I cannot exceed this limit. And counting calories for me was like so toxic and so unrealistic. Because I remember I limited myself to like, I want to say 1300 calories a day, which is severely, severely um, low especially for like a um you know 13 14 year old girl who like needs nutrition to fuel her body um and I remember on top of that I would like um you know I had so much free time so I would just be like outside on my yoga mat for hours like doing um a bunch of like YouTube palm la reef and like just different like sessions and then I was like why was I doing this and part of the reason why was because during the pandemic I had a lot more free time and so I got to like explore my passions more and so I started taking like a bunch of dance classes uh and like that perpetuated like this idea that was always like in me that like you know you have to look a, look a certain way um, and you had to, like, be strong, but, like, look 
like you don't have anything like bulky and like look really skinny but like be like secretly extremely strong and whatever and so that like those stereotypes and those standards and those like ideas really got to me and it was like am I enough on the outside and so I think that that went on for a very long time and it went on until I was like in my freshman year of high school um and yeah so that is basically how my eating disorder got started and so that's one of the things that I've been struggling with but it's gotten much better I would say um but we will come back to this um and then now we will move on to like my next major encounters with my mental health and I think that a lot of it spurred like during the pandemic especially just starting out high school as like you know this tiny freshman who like didn't really know what was expected and like had thoughts and feelings of these like unrealistic expectations of all these people who are doing all these amazing things and it was like I need to be there like right now and so I pushed myself so hard I remember I was in like 10 clubs and on top of that two of those clubs were some of like the most time-consuming clubs at my school so like science olympiad and debate and just having that balance was like completely a disaster um and I would say like throughout the year I always felt like a sense of like I was never good enough and in high school it was like I don't think I'm academically good enough and it just turned to like I don't know if my identity is good enough like if who I am is good enough because it's like when I got exposed to like all these other new ideas out there and learn more about like just my community and the world around me, it was a sense that at times, you know, people are invalidated and everyone is invalidated. And I took that way too personally. Um, when I felt invalidated, when people would tell me that like my identity was invalid on social media whenever I would like advocate for certain things um, or whatever. And so I think that imposter syndrome became like a really big thing for me of like comparing myself to other people, not realizing that like where I am is because of my own success and not because of like other people's like intentions or like how you know I did not deserve to be like where I was and um not realizing of how like important or special like what I did was um and just constantly comparing myself to every single thing that other people would do I remember I would like even look on social media for hours on end and then like try to understand what was going on and like know who was in like what club and like how I could like join other things and it was just really really hectic but um I had so much time that um really allowed for that and I think that along the way being a freshman in varsity policy debate was also just really really scary because I wasn't treated like I was a freshman, but I was treated like I was a freshman. 
And I was just really confused of what my expectations were and what people wanted out of me. And, like, if I was really good enough for, like, the team being, like, the only, like, you know, consistent freshman who went. And um, someone who also had, like, prior debate experience um, and was, like, put on varsity in my first tournament and whatnot. And so that in itself also, like, um, contributed to just these feelings of not being good enough or not feeling like I belonged there because I really didn't feel like I belonged in debate. And debate was a very traumatizing activity for me because um, it was a place where um, some issues have happened in the past, pre-pandemic, that um, were really scary and have made me more empowered to advocate about survivor advocacy and awareness and empowerment. Um, so it was just all like a thing for me that was just this environment associated with these certain issues. Um, but I still felt inclined to be a part of that activity because it was a part of who I was and how can I ever give that up? And then so after that, January rolled around and that's when, you know, we start to have all these like big major competitions. Um, and I remember I had like debate tournaments back to back to back almost every week for at least two to three months. And it was really tiring and mentally draining. Um, but more so that I started to feel like I wasn't good enough, so why should I even try? And then in school, I got like a lot of anxiety, of just nervousness, and wanting to like keep my transcripts the way they were. And I felt like I was always smiling, and I always had to put up like, you know this image and this face of Kristen, of the Kristen that everyone knew. Um, and it was um, kind of like a normal pattern of being high functioning every single day and then coming home and feeling like I was drained and just sitting and staring at the window, like not knowing what to do. Um, and I would say that that's when I had like my worst episodes and encounters with anxiety and depression on top of my eating disorder that never went away and on top of like the imposter syndrome that um, has just been built into me and my peers and just a lot of people around me who I think have these sort of experiences and um it was just really difficult because I really didn't know what to do and what I wanted to do and it got to the point where it was like I am not happy with where I am right now nor do I think that I would ever be because 
even if I try to stop doing this, I will find like another mechanism to perpetuate this cyclical behavior. And that was just like the state of mind that I had, that I could never really escape this process of what I would do to myself in every environment that I will be in. And at some point, it got to the idea that it was better for me to not have that behavior, not have that cyclical behavior, not be able to, like, have that cyclical behavior if, like, you know, a thing happened. Um, And it was, like, just thoughts at that moment um, in, in that time. But I never really meant for it to, like, escalate as it did. And I remember, like, talking to my friends about it and being like I am having these thoughts right now and like what if like I tried to stop like this you know really toxic behavior of mine by just you know doing this one thing that would just stop it all and then um I feel like for me I've never really felt valid in my experiences until like today and especially at that time, I never had anyone who validated me. All of my friends saw mental illness and mental health, or at least those people I know saw mental health and mental illness as something that, you know, they couldn't really help and I just had to deal with. Or it was just people being really selfish about it. And I think the one thing that, like, really made me go into, like, this thought process more was someone saying that like you shouldn't do this because of us like think about us and what it will do to us and then it just felt like the most invalidating thing ever because it was like no one really cared about me and everyone really cared about themselves and like their own mental turmoil and at that point it was just like maybe maybe if no one really cared about me um you know what is you know my purpose right if no one's really like willing to reach out in a genuine light what is my purpose of like being here where I could just like feel comfort within my own bed and just sit there for hours on end and just stare at the ceiling and stare at like the light coming through my window. Um, and I think that I became really obsessed with like certain ideas um, as a result. And um, I like made the mistake of sharing it with others um, and people who I couldn't trust that I thought I could trust. Um, and in that process, I think what really broke me the most was how when I tried to talk to someone about it because people um, did end up like making an effort to understand where I was coming from. It was more like people were scared about their own mental health and their own mental turmoil that like they were willing to like betray me in order to prevent like whatever thing from escalating and I remember it was like I was talking about like these are my thoughts but like I know I don't want to do anything right now 
and I just need someone to talk to. And if we ever need to like seek help, I will make that decision on my own. And I wasn't really opposed to it. And by the way, um, just on like a PSA, um, we have like some like talks coming up um, on the podcast that really highlight the importance of therapy as like a mechanism and like a tool belt of skills that you would like, you know, have for the rest of your life. And so I am like a bit big advocate for therapy. Um, but I'm also a big advocate that you need to find the person, your therapist that is right for you. And also you have to be ready and you have to want all of the wisdom that therapy will give you. Um, but at that time, I did not want that. And I did not make my own decision to go to therapy. I was forced into it when um, my friends called the police on me. Um, when they, like, emailed a teacher about, like, everything I've told them. And they breached my confidentiality. And I definitely think that it is okay if, like, someone's going to do something immediately. But that was not where I was at in the slightest. I was really hoping that someone would just listen to me talk about certain things um and just hear what I have to say and all the things that I was feeling because I didn't know how to process it and I didn't know what my brain was doing to you know either understand it or suppress it and I just needed someone to be there for me um and so it was really scary because I like saw these flashing red and blue lights outside my window and I was like okay something's going on and then I didn't realize it but like the police were at my door my mom like immediately called me down and we had a talk and we were like um they showed me the email of what happened and I was like this is nowhere near to what happened my friends were just you know listening to me like talk about my own thoughts and my own like my own experiences of feeling overwhelmed and stressed and not good enough um, and feeling like I was being rejected by those around me and um, in that process it was like a really big shock because to me it was like a sign that I couldn't trust anyone and no matter who I talked to there was always like this idea that this is a potential thing that I never thought would happen but could happen and now that it did happen I was more than aware of it happening and so for some time I really never told anyone what was I what I was going through um and also um I even told my friends who called the police on me like that it happened and they were all in like denial that like no I didn't do it and it was like until like a couple days later like when they sent me like these long paragraphs and I was it was just really hard for me to process everything um and what I really really was grateful for was how some of those people realized that this was not like a thing that should have happened and so they also emailed um the mental health specialist at my school, uh, which was another scenario because after that incident, I was called in the next day, um, Friday morning, 
to have like a little chat and it was really comfy because you know she like discovered my interests and then she like asked if I was like interested in becoming like a part of like the suicide prevention like advocacy group on campus um and it was all good until like I saw like everything that came underneath all of like the outside like first impression goodness um and I think that working with her my depression anxiety and everything else in between never really went away um instead it was like enforced because she told me to do things that brought me like she told me to do things that um kind of rejected and dissipated got rid of um all of like the happiness that I found in my life and she saw that there was a solution to my problem but the thing was she was trying to enforce that solution systematically and it was something that broke me even more I remember like she even like um emailed my counselor and some of my teachers to ask if I would be moved down in my classes because they were just overly stressed um or like I was just overly stressed and they were like overly stressing to me and she was like what if I just like put you in like these like various classes and it was like a feeling that well if I'm going to be like put in this place where I know I would not thrive and I will know I would not like gain insight into um, in like a place where I would feel uncomfortable especially because it was like almost the end of the year and it was like why are you going to change my classes now um, it felt like a feeling that I was not good enough to be in those classes that I wanted to be in and that I was um, not mentally capable enough to handle whatever like that stress was and I feel like she used my mental capabilities against me saying that I was weak that I wasn't strong and I needed more help than you know ever in ways that like really didn't validate what I was feeling nor help me and um it was just a really interesting experience to go through um during that time um and then it was also just really, really shocking because um, she also, like, thought that, like, my, the grades I had, which um, I felt really confident in, were grades that, you know, were toxic and thus, like, I needed to have, like, lower grades or whatnot. And it was just a lot of, like, really questionable things that I was told when I got there. Um, and later on when, you know, I was interviewing for like this, um, suicide prevention advocacy group, they all really liked me and then I got in and then I had a little talk with her about like, oh yeah, I'm like doing much better now, but like I'm navigating my stress. I still feel it, but it's okay. And then after that, she sent me like this email of like a thank you and it went like, Thank you for, you know, working with me um, and, like, just being super strong. 
I'm going to like make that really tough decision that like I'm going to kick you off of this group because um you know you are not mentally strong enough and we can't have you if you're not mentally strong enough so try again next year and that to me I feel was the most breaking part um of it all because not only did I feel invalidated uh on like an occasional basis but also um I felt that when this happened it was just saying that who I was because at that point I've lived with my mental illnesses and my mental health struggles for so long that it was like a part of me and just something that I was learning to navigate through that this was a setback and no one would treat me the same because I have these experiences. And it felt like I had to hide my own mental struggles because otherwise people would think differently of me. And um, later I realized that what happened of like kicking me off because I was dealing with my mental health struggles was stigmatizing in itself to like this issue. And also... Um, it's necessary to have people who, you know, advocate for issues, but also go through them because they are the ones who would be able to relate to others and have others relate to them and ultimately create a community that doesn't feel like they are alone. But, um, I think for me that was just like this pile of thoughts that I had of I was like just so hopeful that I'd be able to do something that I'd you know feel passionate about for once in my life and then have it just be taken away from me and later I learned of how the organization in itself was really exclusive to who was able to access mental health trainings and that was something that like just didn't align with my own beliefs at all but um it was just something that happened that, you know, really was like a wake-up call for me to realize another important lesson about mental health. That mental health is for everyone and we shouldn't judge someone based upon their own mental health because, you know, we need to show that people are strong and they are valued and whatever feelings they have are valid and does not take any value from them. And... I felt like my value was depreciated, my self-worth was depreciated because I was not capable enough based upon my own um, mental health struggles. And um, what even confused me more was after that email I received, um, our weekly meetings with um, the specialist um, completely stopped without any warning. I lost completely contact with her and uh, it was just really really shocking to see how I do not know why she did what she did and to this day I uh, still have not like really talked to her um and nor has she like reached out any time after she sent that email. And that just pushed me into feeling more alone. And that, you know, 
after I ex that experience, I felt more worthless than I did before. Um, and I think for me, it really took some time to just delve into my own, like, I would say passions and find my own ways of caring for myself and loving myself and valuing my own mental health and discovering what that really meant to me um and I think that like by the time summer rolled around um I also like was rejected by a lot of programs and a lot of things and I all took that like really personally and then I realized that there was so much more to me than people realized and just embracing myself and acting like I was good enough not for anyone but for myself really changed everything for me and I don't know how it changed it but everything just seemed to change and I started implementing like self-care into my daily schedule. I started talking about my own experiences in a way um, to really empower others. Um, I, and I just started finding like the authentic version of who I was. And, you know, just like the little things that we overlook in life that really make us who we are. Um, and as I just, like, really was aware of no longer what other people thought of me and, like, the expectations set out for me, but instead what I wanted out of myself, um, and plan my goals, um, and also, like, just planned out, like, things that made me happy and things that I could incorporate, um, really changed things for me, and it was just finding my happy place of comfort and vulnerability and community um and I think that in that point of time I also stopped caring about like doing whatever xyz thing for college or also um my grades and having them like be as like straining as like I thought they had to be and just really letting go of all of these perceptions of success that I saw on social media from, like, people who were, like, upperclassmen or those who were, like, graduating. And just realizing that wherever I wanted to go in life, people are going to accept me or they're not going to accept me. And that's fine. But at the end of the day, as long as I'm authentically myself and I, like, just don't care and just live my life however I want to there's going to be a place for me and I'm going to be extremely happy there no matter what everyone else says um and so I think that for me that was like a message that took me a long time to learn to be unapologetic um of who I was to really embrace that I was broken but that's okay because you know it happens to everyone and we can use that to really create positive inspirations um and just be really vulnerable and just build this sort of community um and not saying that like 
I, you know, don't deal with those things anymore. I feel like I highlight that, like, it still happened, but it's more of a, I've made a lot of progression, and that's something that we should celebrate, and there are ways that you were able to make progression, um, and that is something that we all should celebrate. I think that the important thing I wanted to highlight from this was, one, there's a place for everybody, and if you ever feel like you don't have a place, know that you have a place in the Care Cafe community. Two, in the future, you're going to be just fine, and you just have to trust yourself. Be unapologetic. Be you. Be the strong, smart, bold person you are. Um, and know that your presence is power. Know that, you know, who you are matters, and other people know that you matter. And you just have to see yourself in a way that you know, you want to see yourself. And when you start having that mindset, it will eventually happen. Um, It just takes time and effort. But at the end of the day, with help, we're all able to get there. And finally, you are so, so strong and valid. Um, I definitely have been invalidated way too many times before. Um, and I still am. I remember, like, at this last football game I was at for Color Guard, um, and if you're new to the Care Cafe podcast, um, I, like, am in quite a few activities, one of them being, like, Color Guard, which is, like, one of my favorite things to do. Um, and right now it's field season, so we have football games to go to, and I had, um, club fair during lunch so of course I didn't have time to eat and I got home and I had so much work to do and I totally forgot to eat and then by the time I got there I was just like so energetic with like I was like literally sugar high and then I just crashed and I like fell on the floor and I could not move and it was really funny but like um I remember like just feeling so drained and then I like literally had to call my mom being like hey can you bring food before dinner like I'm kind of like really really hungry and I don't think I'm gonna like lift like I was literally almost fainting and then um I was like you know having my food and then like our band director came and he was like kind of scolding me being like you know you like need to eat like why didn't you eat like, what is so important, and it was just, um, it was just really interesting, because, uh, I remember, like, during lunch, I was also having, like, this sort of, like, episode going on, um, so it's not only of, like, a, I didn't have time, so I forgot to eat, but it was also, like, sometimes, for me, it's just really mentally hard to eat, and so, like, getting scolded about that, um, even though, like, we were, like, the away team, and, like, everyone was going to the bathroom during that time, so it, like, it really made no difference. I just felt really targeted and felt so invalid, um, but, of course, I couldn't blame anyone because no one knew. Of course, my band director didn't know that, like, this was a thing, and sometimes I just don't eat because 
I don't really feel good about eating. Um, but, yeah. And I'm not saying that invalidation never happens. It happens and it sucks. But um, if you ever need someone to validate you, always know that I am here. And people in your corner are there. And um, I would say, yeah, that is pretty much my story of, you know, just my experiences. And of course, it was like, of course, an overview because it was like over the course of a couple of years. But I think that's like the most detailed overview that I've gave. Um, and besides all of that, I want y'all to all know that um, it is okay to be vulnerable. It is okay to feel uncomfortable. But know that your comfortability matters. Know that you matter and that you are valued and valid. And so today on World Mental Health Day, I encourage all of you out there listening to this podcast to go share your story. Um, whether that is with a friend, family member, or just with a stranger, or even just anonymously putting it um, on a blog, or putting it on social media, or, you know, anything. Share your story, because your voice and your story matters. And because it matters, it is important And I want you all to know that, you know, sometimes the things that we do and the things that we say can lead to so many other possibilities out there. And so maybe in the process when you're doing that, you might find someone new to like maybe talk to and relate with and, you know, make this like interpersonal connection with, or you might empower someone else to share their story and everything that happens out of it is good um and I just highly I highly encourage you all to just be vulnerable today um because today is a day we should celebrate um and that is all for today I am very very excited for all of you to just really bundle up and you know just celebrate this day um full of goodness and full of love And to all of you out there who are still struggling or have struggled, know that you are more than loved. Um, And always my DMs and my doors always open for any one of you. And at the end of the day, we will all get through this together. I love you all, my listeners, so, so much, and I hope you all have an amazing, wonderful rest of your day.